Hi, my name is Sharon Shimanova, and this is Chai Podcast. Ladies and gentle humans, we are here with the goddamn fam. If you thought that I would get through the season without an episode with my family, you are really out of your minds. We have a bit of a full house today. I'm here with my sister Michelle and my two older cousins, Arthur and Mike, to set the stage. It's important I paint out a little family tree. My dad's a middle child with an older and younger sister. And the disposition of cousins on my dad's side of the family leaves me as the middle child. So some of my personality might now start to make a little bit more sense. That being said, Arthur, Mike, and Michelle are the older half of the cousin clan in that order. And as such have pretty much paved the way, I think. Welcome to Chai, guys. How are you feeling? How are we feeling today? Good to be here. Amazing. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> Just to set the stage for you guys, my cousin Mike is on the phone with us. Arthur and Michelle are here with me, but if there's some sort of technical difficulties, bear with us, please. The audio might be a little bit staticky, but we're gonna make it work. Okay, let's just jump right into it, all right? The topic of love and relationships, obviously, has been something I knew I wanted to do this season, and I knew right away that I needed the three of you here on this episode. As I'm sure we all know, there's an overwhelming feeling of pressure for young people in the Bukharian community to quickly find the one, so to speak. Now, obviously, there are a lot of things that go hand in hand with that, things that go far beyond parents' wishes that their kids find real love, because we all know they won't be unconditionally happy for you, regardless of who that is. There are certain requirements that they expect. All three of my lovely guests are happily married to people who are not Bukharian, but let's turn the clock back. Right, Arthur and Mike, you guys came here with the major migration in the early 90s, right? So right. you were born in Kirgana, but you moved here in 92? Correct. Yeah, so you guys both went to Forest Hills High School. So what was that like? I'm sure there were a lot of Buharian kids at Forest Hills High School at the time. Did you guys date any Buharian girls in high school? Or was there any sort of like... Rendezvous. Yeah, any rendezvous, any any tinglings and minglings in high school with the Booth community or not really? Going from a Brooklyn high school to Queens high school was just a complete culture shock. It was like a prison. I was depressed and I did prison. Yes. Big difference um, in just how people acted and the open culture. uh, The Russian culture was pretty open. We were allowed to be ourselves in Brooklyn, whereas here it was more people were trying to be something that they're really not and I just wasn't used to that and um, I did date briefly and it was a total disaster I went into a complete depression and I went back to Brooklyn uh, back to my old high school in a half a year and basically every time I drive by that high school in Queens I want to throw up <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a side note Arthur's brother Michael lives across the street from the high school now, so he sees it quite often. <laughs> so just a perpetual state of nausea. That's the irony. So, so going back to the to the high school, I, I knew some Baharian uh, kids in high school, but uh, I was most of my friends were also I would say non-Baharian, Hispanic, black. Then, in terms of dating, I was in a I would say quote unquote a serious relationship with a Baharian girl we dated for i think about a year or so i was uh, the typical baharian guy where i would be respectful you know it was it was 
fun while while it lasted, so to speak. I met her parents. Her parents were not too fond of me. I thought I was going to get married, and and that's it. But in the end, it didn't really work out. At sixteen. Well, yeah, sixteen. What do you so mean, Michelle? They're out 16. here getting married at eighteen. I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> Arthur, you're married to somebody who is Russian and Jewish, right? And then, Mike, you married somebody who wasn't Eastern European, who wasn't Jewish. You married somebody who was Hispanic and Italian. And I think it's like half and half, right, Mike? What I'm saying, though, is that that's two really different experiences. Mike, I think that your situation is actually really unique because the fact that you still hung on to those values and that's something that's still really important to you, I feel like it's really interesting because I think that you and Arthur in those two ways are kind of polar opposites because although you both experienced that kind of trauma to get to where you are today, happily married, it left different scars for you. For Arthur, it was like, I don't want anything to do with this. And for you instead, it was like, no, I want to stay here and fully like drown myself in it. Well, right. I think there's two, there's two views upon that, right? You either turn away and you say, screw this or you keep pushing through and you try to show that, you know, this is okay. And thankfully, you know, my wife is great. And she, I think and with some of our friends and some people that we know, which are Baharian, she is accepted. With people that we knew in the past, uh, we are not accepted. And we kind of, you know, turned away from those friendships. Uh, it was fine. Before we were married, people knew we were dating. And then when we got married, some people some friends or acquaintances that we knew that were Baharian, they kind of turned away once we got married and we're like, okay, fine. Other people are not like that. They're accepting. And and I think it's important to stay within because I just think that people should make decisions that they will not regret and be happy, right? Because it's the rest of your life. You can't always please your family. Even though we always want to please our parents, which is nothing wrong with that. We do that with our school and education and the choices we make. But marriage is such a big deal that, you know, you're going to stay living with that person for the rest of your life. And you can't just do that solely for your parent or parents. I think his ordeal was a little shorter and he had some support when he was going. He wasn't alone. Whereas my situation, I was just fully on my own. It's interesting that like you were fully alone when you went through your experience, Arthur, because you would think that it would be easier for yeah, you. Yeah, she's, she's Jewish and she it speaks no Russian. Difference. It doesn't core, make any sense. The core is within the community, certain age, certain background, certain beliefs, no previous physical relationships. Oh God, not a previous physical <laughs> relationship. No. The God fa- forbid the fact it. That whether she's Jewish and not Jewish is a minor compared to all these other things. God so forbid. it made no difference. It just the horrors that occurred made me resent the, the community, the traditions, and even religion in general. But I don't want to discourage people from thinking that it's impossible to meet someone with a, within the community, right. fall in love, and get married. I'm sure it's possible. If it occurs, it's fine. I just... what The problem with me was... I didn't judge others and I didn't want others judging and manipulating me or people who found happiness somewhere else, you know, to each your own. If you found and you're happy, then, you know, be happy. But to me personally, it's just natural to explore every bad habit and to get to know the person in every way possible for as long as possible 
before you commit. Yeah. So, you know, the light dating doesn't, it may work for some people. It just doesn't work for me. I want to know the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with because I'm looking for, I was looking for a partner, which I didn't know could exist, but I found one. So I'm not looking for um, a baby maker and a housekeeper. I'm, I was looking for a partner. Yeah. And when I found one, I didn't want to let her go. Which is I, so normal in like the real uh, world. Exactly. Yeah, it's like in our like... bubble. <laughs> when I started realizing that this may be something serious because I was still young is when I met her parents and I saw how things are in that family in terms of people actually tell each other they love each other. The dad <laughs> tells his daughter that he loves her. I've never was exposed to such you know, openness and it was a shock to me and I realized that our beliefs when what we told as kids are not necessarily true there's there are people out there who have great families great beliefs and you could start a you know a family with them and be happy yeah it's important that people hear about these experiences and set an example and i think that arthur and mike were able to set the tone for michelle and subsequently me to kind of know that like it literally doesn't matter just do what you want we also are very blessed to have the parents that we have because if we were not in that family dynamic where education was more important than anything else and you know they did you know raise two very independent women so i do think that our parents played a major role yes of course the road was paved for us and i I feel like I took a little bit of a different approach where I feel like I said from the get-go that I wasn't going to get married to anybody within the community and I never dated a Baharian man. I feel like that was very like set in stone from the get-go. Maybe in the very beginning when I turned like 18 or 19, grandma like sat me down and was like, what are we going to do? Can I give out your number? And I straight up looked her in the eyes and I said, if you give my phone number to anybody, I will never speak to you again. So I don't think that my phone number was ever given out to anybody. It was like a very like concrete, it's a no for me, dog. I remember the birthday speeches quoting, oh, I w we all hope that you don't disappoint us. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was the best one. <laughs> Listen, when I came home with a, with a Jewish doctor who didn't speak Russian, but had the last name Katz, which was like, oh my God, he's a Cohen. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners to me, fam, just imagine you are like the parents of the kids who are younger than us in our cousin dynamic. And like, we are the people that they have the opportunity to look up to. And we're considered like the black sheep, each one of us in our own way. I see pitchforks. I feel like if we know and love someone who's young and we have the ability not to say don't fall prey into this monotonous circle but just keep your options open and try the other way and then tell yourself you didn't like it rather than listening to people from the older generation telling you how to live i don't think there's anything wrong with that and if we choose to try and open the eyes of younger people in our family, I don't think that we should be berated for that. We shouldn't be excommunicated for it. Exactly. I think that that's the, the, the exact word. It's straight up excommunication. I, I wouldn't say excommunicated, but uh, deep down, we're in a way hated. Yeah. Within some numbers that, you know, these 
forgive my saying, assholes opened the door and made it okay. I just wish that it wasn't like that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like if somebody wants to take the more traditional route and that's going to make them happy, then by all means, do what you want. But their fears were that we're going to be miserable. Michael, did you feel that we were pressured that we weren't going to be happy because we're marrying, marrying someone from outside the community? I don't know if it was about, I don't, <laughs> be, to be really honest, I don't think happiness is in the definition of marriage in our community, at least from our generation. It wasn't about happiness, it was about, you know, what, what the other uh, family does, who the person is, where they come from. It's very transactional. Yeah, do the families right. mesh. The, the word happiness is somewhere in that equation, but it's not of utmost importance, right? It's, it's somewhere down the line. Which is so fucking sad. It all boils down to the fact, first of all, it's all very, very racist. It's extremely racist. It's all about like the fear of assimilation. They feel that the only way to push against that is to make sure that we all have babies together and we continue the pure line of the Baharian community. The fear is that we, if we don't marry within the community, we'll branch off and do our own thing, which we all have, but that doesn't mean that we're less together. You know, like, what? yes, we don't live in Forest Hills and we don't live in Queens, apart from Mike, but um, that doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that if we had married within the community, the same thing wouldn't have happened. Right. I'm not saying that if I didn't marry Mike, I wouldn't have raised my child on the Upper East Side. I would have done that regardless. And if I, if my partner wasn't happy with that, then that's not the par partner for me because, you know, that was my goal. Right. The, the, the one issue that I have is when this resentment occurs, right, or this turning your back, Let's say you want to be in the community, right? And you want to keep some of the values, some traditions, right? Because you believe in that. That's what you were raised in. So, like, for example, for me, I, I try to keep some of those things. I want to be close within the family, within somewhat within the community on things that I like, right? And if you're not being accepted, right, then you're just being pushed away. So, essentially, the community is creating people against them involuntarily or right. voluntarily. Well, look at us, right? It's really like a 50-50 thing where like you and Mike are still trying to like submerge in the community and me and Arthur are not, but we're still close and we still talk. And as siblings, you and I may have a differing opinion and Mike and Arthur may have differing opinions, but that doesn't mean we love each other less. No, absolutely. Exactly. And that's the point. So right. like, what is the issue of assimilation if... It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So this seems unnatural to me, but you guys kind of grew up in the community more than I did because I left very early. Mm -hmm. I want to believe that it's possible for someone within the community when they're, let's say, 18 to meet, start dating, light dating or whatever for a couple of years dating and then life. fall in love and get married. Is that, do you guys... Having, do you know anyone who that happened to and they're happy or is it just not possible? I feel like this is a question more for Sharon than for me because I don't have any boring friends right now. I just think that happiness is very relative, right? So like, I, I think that like my definition of happiness versus somebody else's is very different. But yeah, I mean, I am the only person from my high school friend group who is not engaged, married or a mother. So, you know, it's, it's definitely jarring. 
but all of my girlfriends got married right out of high school and I was, you know, part of the bridal parties and it was, it was great. They were happy and, you know, maybe they're happy now. We don't really talk much, but I feel like, I don't know. I think that the Baharian love story, in my opinion, it's... It's that cookie cutter thing that yeah, you were talking about right. before. It's all very it's cookie the, cutter. You don't know. Everybody does the same thing and they do it at the same time and they're all young parents and they take steps that everybody else takes. Yeah. And nothing is new, nobody is special. That's just how they all live. Yeah. So I feel like in that sense when you're raised to believe that like if you do x y and z you'll be happy and then they go out and they do it you know what i mean these girls get married and they fall in love and they have kids before 25 and it's amazing and it's like the quote-unquote ideal that they've always wished for so yeah i mean i'm sure that they're happy because they achieved the goal that they set for themselves and it's difficult to reconcile that with like modern day culture because how are you supposed to exist in both spaces I don't think that anybody in my high school knew what a Baharian person was. I might have been the only one in my grade that was Baharian. I don't remember anybody else that was 100% Baharian. So when you're a child in that sense where like you don't know what to do, you can't follow the antiquated laws that apply to your immigrant families because you're living in America with American friends who do normal American things and like go out past six o'clock without their parents calling them 80 times. Like, or riding the subway was like a big thing. You know, like I, I didn't I didn't have the luxury of walking to school. I had to take the Q64, which was a whole thing. Like, oh my God, my daughter is 14 and taking public transportation, the MTA, God forbid it. But it's a double standard, right? Because otherwise, like if you were a guy, I feel like you wouldn't feel that kind of pressure. You wouldn't feel stressed at all. I never felt stressed. Our our parents never told us stay within the bubble, right? We were sent to high schools where there was no Baharian community. We had to fend for ourselves and create our own personalities that didn't, you know, relate back to our community. We didn't have to make, you know, a cookie cutter mold of who we are. We got to choose who we became. I can admit to the fact that our parents are very, you know, mature and modern in the sense that like they were open to us pursuing normal careers and being our own people. Yes. But I think that that always came to a stop when it came to who they wanted us to be with. And I personally feel that if Mike and Arthur did not marry who they did and they married somebody who was Baharian, you bringing Mike home would not have been the rose parade that it was. You can't say that you your parents just love you so much that no matter who you brought home, they would just hug him and just lick him from toe to fucking head. No. Sharon, don't be jealous. I'm the favorite daughter. I'm just saying <laughs> that they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. I get it, but that also has to do with the fact that I still moved. Right, of without course, being married. It exist in a vacuum. So I feel like they, yeah. it's not like they still expected a Baharian marriage at that point. I moved out when I was 21. Yeah, but that didn't change anything. Yeah, but they didn't expect a Baharian husband at that point. Who's gonna marry me? You see? <laughs> Who's gonna marry me? I don't live at home with my parents. So that ship had sailed when I was 21. I got married when I was 26. So 
That is also too old. Who's gonna want me? My mom told me there's only two types of Buharian men. She said there are Buharian men who are just here wasting time. And then there are Buharian men who have no time to waste. And I feel like inadvertently, I believed even through that conversation or through like other conversations that I had with people my age that like we didn't fall in the category of girls who boys <laughs> don't have any time to waste with. Like we fall in the category of like the girls who Buharian boys hang out with when they're wasting time. It's definitely weird because it's difficult to reconcile like the traditional sentiment versus literally living in New York City in the 21st century with Instagram and the hypersexualization of women like globally. That's like when we have friends from like middle America that we met and by middle America I mean me and Mike are the only Jews that they know. So we had listened to the first episode of Chai together and she was like shooketh that like me and you are not like the like star children of our community. She's like, I would think that like every little girl's dream would be to like be a successful doctor Bitch. living on no. their own. Yeah. And like finding a partner, getting married and like starting a family. A doctor and a lawyer. What a waste. Yeah. What, no. We're so horrible. Yeah. We're so horrible. God forbid you have a woman that has like an education. No, and can make even, even more specific. We are the example that parents show to their sons to say, this is who you don't want to marry. Mm -hmm. And we are the example that parents show to their daughter and say, this is what you don't want to be like. I remember I was in college. I went to dinner and they were like saying that a real good Buharian girl would be like pure in every sense of the word. That's just their personal opinion. They were saying that they feel personally that they wouldn't want to be with a woman who has had previous sexual experiences, previous physical experience as well. Why said. do you think there is? There is. Right. So I said to them at the dinner table as I was, you know, spooning my spaghetti, I just didn't think it was a big deal. I said, I'm like, you say that because you just are self-conscious and you really want to they make don't sure want to be compared to anybody yeah, else. Yeah, like you want to make sure that. that she doesn't know that you're whack in bed. Like that's what it really is. <laughs> is that you just really want to make sure that she thinks when that you're When you've never the seen a penis before, every <laughs> penis looks nice and big. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. And like when I said that, I kind of just thought that like that was pretty self-explanatory. But yeah, but that's what we think. We don't know why they want a girl that's never been fucked. No, that's why, because they're misogynistic and they want women that are naive, easily manipulated, easily molded into the person that they want her to be. They don't want a woman who knows who she is. They don't want a woman who has a mouth and uses it for something other than smiling and laughing at your shitty jokes, right? They want a mother, a housekeeper, and a baby maker, but they don't actually don't want a partner cook. and a cook. Yeah, a good cook. A good cook, good cook. <laughs> But they don't actually want a partner. That's not in the cards for them. Yeah, but you have to understand that they don't, based on what they see, they don't think that finding a partner is possible, an equal partner. I didn't think it was possible. I don't think... I thought that was the way. You just marry for certain reasons and you can't ever be with one person forever. I don't think that that's true. I think you're giving them too much... Credit. Too much credit. I think they genuinely, they want to wear the pants. In every yeah. sense of the word. I mean, it's a patriarchal environment. Yeah, right? I mean, that's why they can't assimilate with American culture where 
the Me Too movement is real and there's some things that you just can't say yeah. and there's so, certain ways that you can't think and if you do, you're wrong. Right. So, you know, why would they want... But they get this at home and then they have to look for other things elsewhere, whether with their friends or whatever they do, right? Why limit yourself to that when you can find everything in one person or at least try to find everything in one person? Because they were told that... Th- because that's not part of that's not in the cards for them. Yeah. That's not what they were told. That's they were told that you to need do. to find yourself a really nice Baharian. But you can have it all. Can you? <laughs> can you though? Can you really though? I mean, it's maybe possible. we do. We like, but for but them, then why get like, married at all? Because it's it's what you're supposed to do. There's that checkpoint. The checkpoint at 22, girl, you already have a baby and it's walking. It's grown enough to walk. Okay, like, it's a difficult thing to have a conversation about because I know that a lot of people are going to be offended by what I'm saying, but... You need to kiss frogs before finding the right person. And unfortunately for most of these people, they end up living their lives with frogs. Is it impossible to find someone from, you know, the first time and probably not? But it's, it's so, not it's, it's rare. It's rare. like winning the lotto, I guess, and then it's just not there's natural. There's no way that it's happening to all of them. You're taking a huge <laughs> risk, basically, and there's no reason for it. But that's the thing, because then you have younger girls, like our youngest cousin, who is, what, like 10? Do you think that, that her mom is like, oh, like, look at your older cousins. This is who you want to be like. No. No. She's pointing crazy? at the girl in the big white dress at Elite Palace saying that's what you want to be. Manhattan is where the devil goes to dance. Literally. Manhattan. Nothing good happens there. Perfectly said. Nothing good happens in Manhattan. Nothing good happens outside of the four exits along Grand Central Parkway that encapsulate <laughs> Rico Park, Forest Hills, and Jamaica States. Don't move out of there because outside of there, it's just all—it's just horrible. You don't want to see what's out there. Like for example, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago where this guy who is like much older wanted to like collaborate with me, whatever. And it was a business meeting, but in the business meeting, he literally is like trying to set me up with some guy. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Not to mention that it was my partner who got me this person's phone number and set up the meeting. But like this, like a whole other level of fucking weird. But then when I said I'm actually dating someone who is Baharian and they're really nice and like really supportive of this venture, his jaw like hit the ground. He was like, really? Like, huh, like that's really interesting because it's so unheard of that a Baharian man would ever support a woman who is like outspoken or is literally like calling people out for their shit. It's just like not a thing. Here's what I want to understand. How many couples in the community of our parents' generation do you know that are happy? One out of 20, maybe less? Maybe less. So what baffles me is why would they want their kids to go through the same thing? Because it's all a show, right? Yeah. Nothing is real. Nothing is real. It's all it's what you were saying. Nobody ever talks about their feelings. Nobody ever says, you know, to their friends what's really going on behind closed doors. Nothing is authentic. Okay. If you let's say if you have a son within the community, he gets married, he does whatever the fuck he wants, he's happy mm-hmm. for for his purposes. If you have a daughter, how could you want her, agree for her to be miserable Mm -hmm. if you were so miserable as a mom? I just don't, it's just baffling. There are so 
many Buharian guys who I know that truly look at their mom and they're like, she is perfect and she loves her life. And all she does is stay at home. She doesn't have a job. She cooks, she cleans, she does laundry. And, and she's they, happy and to they do truly it. I'm not talking about the kids. she's happy to do it. I'm talking about the parents. The husband. But what I'm saying is that they don't share the reality of what love is really like, what marriage is really like. I think they're afraid of it because if their kids live a happy life with outside the community, it'll prove that they wasted their fucking lives. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. I just... It's not that. So I think that some of them believe that they'll learn to love that person in a way, which I, I don't agree with. One thing I want to say, Sharon, like you said about me and my brother, to use as an, as an example, that's what made us happy. That's what we found. I don't want us to negate other relationships, even people that you may know in your generation that may have married and are happy and you know are living a happy marriage. It doesn't mean, you know, for all the listeners, it doesn't mean you can't meet a Baharian or non-Baharian to be happy as your partner, right? That's not what we're trying to say. Right. It, it's, it's important because, you know, some of the things that we're saying, oh, non-Baharian, don't date a Baharian. If whatever makes you happy, if you find your other half, whether they are Baharian or not baharian that that's okay. It that's, should that's, be okay. That's the point. point, right? Right. I do have to say, I, I do worry about the future, like for my kids, if they do, let's say they meet a Baharian girl and they say, dad, I want to marry her or something like that. I worry about the parents' reaction, right? That's a, that's a fear that I already have. I know my kids are young, but it's something I hope, you know, with progression, things will change that I, n I would never want something like that to happen where if my kid wants to bring a girl home and let's say she's Baharian and the parents say, oh, you know, you can't marry him because of his parents. You get, you get what I'm well, saying? Well, yeah, I mean, that's very true. Even to this day, it's like, oh, well, you can't marry this person because their parents are divorced or you can't marry this person for like whatever dumbass reason or like, oh, they're, they're not fully Baharian, right? They're not 100% Baharian. Mm -hmm. We don't want that. By the time your kids are grown, hopefully it's not a thing anymore. We can hope, you know what I mean? But I just know that from my generation, being the youngest one at the table, there's a lot of people who are just like our parents. If they, you know, stick to the same path, why would they raise their kids any differently? Because your generation, the girls, everyone is going to school, everyone is educated, everyone goes to college. From what I see, I don't think the women will put up with the double standards anymore. There are more of them, yes. I won't, I won't knock it. There are definitely a lot more women that are out here getting their degrees and it's beautiful to see it. But does that come with a lot of pushback? Yeah, and if they're not in a position to exercise that power and be like, no, I'm gonna put my foot down, I wanna go to school, they're not going to school. They're just not. Whether that's because they're getting pushback from their parents or their husbands, Buharian men will forever be intimidated by an educated woman. But I think it depends on that man's own personality. Maybe he's just like insecure of himself. I don't think that's everybody. I think it depends on the man and their insecurities within themselves. The ingredients that made these, the structure of the community work were back in Uzbekistan, in a closed, small Jewish community where we were the only Jews and they didn't want to dilute Jewish blood or whatever right. it is. Here, those ingredients, they don't mesh. It's only a matter of time before it's dissolved. It's not like we're Hasidic where we're not allowed to use phones or computers. Yeah. We're not strict enough to keep the community together. Some traditions like the food and the gatherings will stay, 
but this all the rest of it will just dissolve slow slowly which each generation i give it three generations before it's gone i think that the Baharian culture has definitely been like molded and watered down into meaning a lot like a, a lot of different things that didn't necessarily equate back then yeah i mean it's pretty unfortunate but i think that it's just all about how we want to like walk away from it after being with my wife for 20 years all together i just want to send out a big fuck you to those who prayed that our relationship <laughs> failed so they can use us as an example oh, God. Um, and that's all i have <laughs> honestly it's all that needs to be short and sweet sharon thank you like i mentioned before the the steps that my brother and i took that was what was good for us as long as people are happy and find happiness that's what we're all about i want to thank our wives katya and anna for putting up with all the bullshit and thank you for doing this i'm very very proud of you mike and i are both very proud of you thank you so much for being my role models and giving me the opportunity to learn from you guys because i think that we're all products of our environment and i don't think that i would be who i am without the three of you to show me the way <laughs>